Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Nadia Popovich, an inspiring and compassionate young medical student at the University of Washington. There are some people who just obviously are in the right field of work. Nadia is such a person. Even before she's entered the medical profession, in her volunteer work, in just her attitude toward and about life and people. Nadia is a natural healer. Her heart is huge with the desire to help others live and to live well. We're so fortunate to have Nadia Popovich join us to share some stories that I feel will not just inspire us, but I hope motivate us to do what we can in our own life. Nadia Popovich, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Kay. It's it's honestly my pleasure. Well, you know, okay, it could be your pleasure, but I'm just very excited that <laughs> you are are with us because I just am so in awe of who you are and what you're doing. So maybe we start with that kind of big story in terms of you're donating your kidney. Now, we know organ donation is really important to have in our world, but yours is a, a really unique story. Can you give us that story? Sure. Yes, of course. Uh, so I, I've i been on the, the bone marrow donation list for a long time, Be the Match, um, and I, I never had the opportunity to uh, to match with someone and, and be able to provide what I can. Um, organ donation or, or even, even blood donation, anything that you can do um, to help people in need is uh, extremely important. Um, and so I, I find finally did some research and I thought, you know, what can I do in the summer before clerkships start in, in medical school, before residency and before my career, um, kind of my last free summer uh, where I could have the opportunity to heal for a long time. Uh, and I, I looked into kidney donation. Uh, and luckily, after I, I think about eight eight or nine months of, of this entire process, uh, I was finally able to do so uh, on July 27th. July 27th of this year, 2023? This year, yes. yes. Yeah, so I'm about eight or nine nine weeks out. Yeah. Oh my gosh, and how are you feeling? Oh my gosh, so, so much better. Uh, it's, I, I don't want to downplay the the severity of of an organ donation um even though it's it's an it's an incredible thing to do um it's definitely not easy uh, it was a very very long healing process and uh you have to be aware of the complications that can happen uh, ensure that you have um you know all the information going in you have a support system i think that that was honestly the most important thing to me i i owe my little sister who's 16 a huge christmas present this year because she was i mean washing my face in bed she she was helping me study um it was it was really difficult for me to do very basic tasks even get out of bed on my own um and so my family being there for me was was very special and i i owe them a lot a lot so this is even on your behalf it's a huge thing that you did in donating your kidney to a stranger true Right. Yes. And yeah. but it's a family affair too, where they were really supportive of your doing this and right there to help and support you through the entire process. 
Yes. Yeah. A lot, a lot of them were, were very nervous when I first brought it up. Um, of course they, they, they love you and they want you to be healthy in the long term and, and safe. It's a, it's a huge surgery. Um, and you really have to be committed to your health for the rest of your life. You have to eat a certain amount of, um, you know, salt every day, or, or you can't exceed that amount, um, a certain amount of protein. You have to really watch out for, um, developing some of these, these things that can be influenced by by your actions um, throughout your life. And so I, I knew going in that this, this was going to be a, a lifelong process and a lifelong commitment to my health. Uh, and so of course my family was, was nervous going in. Um, but once I, what really helped change their mind was after I announced it, um, people started coming to me with their stories of their loved ones who were affected by kidney disease or, um, you know, people who couldn't get off the list who ended up passing away. Mm -hmm. And my mom, especially hearing those stories, she, she, she changed her mind. Um, she was really moved. And um, I was, I was very grateful to have her have her full support at the end and, and still now. Oh, again, I'm I'm still really in awe. Well, I was when I first read about your doing this and, and wanting to do it, and you're affirming that you just felt you wanted to do something healing. Um, I I still want, need to wrap my head around that. Could could I do that? But it's <laughs> you know I can donate blood. I I appreciate you know you're saying that you were on the mar bone marrow donor list, but to a a, a kidney. Uh, to a stranger, I, you know that is so selfless. Um, but so you, to go through that process, you you knew what you were getting into, but they needed to find someone who then would be a match for your blood type and what else genetics. Yeah. So uh, honestly, they t they take a lot of tests. It's it's a huge process over many months. Uh, CT scans, X-rays. Um, uh, honestly, the the longest part is just making sure that you yourself are healthy before they even send your any of your information out. Um, what they end up doing is sending, um, uh, you know, your blood type. A lot of the, uh, the there's things called HLA matching, um, which is just making sure that your immune system is not going to compromise the other person who receives your kidney, and and uh, kind of vice versa. And so they, they send them out to all of the dialysis centers in the United States. And eventually you, by some magic, you get back a person. Uh, and I got that call that someone matched with my kidney. And it was, I, I mean, I, I cried. It was such a long process building up to that. Um, and just knowing <laughs> the day before my surgery that, they were also in surgery prep and probably feeling so happy uh, and hopefully going to live a long life after yes. this. It, um, it, it was something special, and I, I don't think I'll ever forget that call. Mm. So you went into surgery. Did you go to the hospital like the day before or a week before? How, did that, how does that work? 
Yeah, so they um, things move pretty slow with appointments every every month ish um, up until about a month out, uh, and then things start ramping up. And you have uh, an appointment kind of a week before, and then a day before where they do your um, last minute checkups. They you talk to all your surgeons, uh, and then you actually go to the doctor uh, or sorry, go to the OR the day of the surgery. And um, it was it it was scary. It felt real. Um, I I I won't lie. I was I was kind of terrified uh, going in because you know when you say bye to your mom in the in the waiting room and you know that you're about to go under for this, um, there's a very I mean a very slim chance of of major complications or, or death, um, but it's still a chance. And I think being young and, and healthy up to this point, um, it, it really opened my eyes to the types of patients that I may see in the future as a doctor, the kind of fear that they may be feeling mm. with, whether it's chronic illness or, or surgeries, anything like that. It's, it's terrifying. And I, I, I learned a lot in that process. And the person, and this is strictly confidential, so we we have no, and you perhaps don't even know who the person is, but were they in the same hospital or was your kidney then needing to be transported somewhere else in the country? Yeah, so I I all I know is that they are a male and that they are on the East Coast. Ah. Um, so <laughs> it they, it did have to take a flight. My kidney, which is so funny because <laughs> I I think I've only been to the I've only been to Washington D.C. So I haven't really <laughs> even been to the East Coast myself, but my kidney now has. <laughs> um, and all and I I also I've been checking up with my uh, transplant team. Um, I I've chosen to stay anonymous, but uh, luckily they're able to tell me just if they're in in good health or not and so I checked in a week after just to make sure that there was no um, rejection immediately and then I just messaged them about uh, two weeks ago and asked again and they said that they are doing good which is amazing (laughs) everything I could have wanted uh, organ donation, I think, is such an important part of our life and our world. Not that I've ever done anything like that, but I have that on my license uh, yeah. it, itself to say that I'd be an organ donor. But uh, so, And so I'm always interested in the stories. And I think about having heard how families who have had a family member donate an organ um, – do get letters. So, and it's done, I think, anonymously. So would you potentially get some kind of communication like that from this person? I I believe that they can send something to mm. uh, my, my transplant team. I'm not sure if me indicating that I would like to stay anonymous would shut that down. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but I know that on, on my end, I was offered to write them a letter um, and... I was thinking about it for a very long time about what what I would want to say to this person. And I was thinking about it and I all I want them to feel is the gift and to not feel mm-hmm. like they they owe me anything after this. Um and so I I hope that my my kidney stands as a representation of of everything that I I hope for them and all the health and life that I hope for them. Um, and I, I think 
I think the actions are more than any words I could say in a letter. Mm. Yes, I, I, yeah, I, yes, <laughs> leaves me speechless. So I, I can see that that is, uh, it is so selfless, though, uh, Nadia, to have done this. And I can appreciate, you know, from your medical, uh, uh, your love of medicine and your, your study here and moving into being a doctor hopefully in in just a few years actually do you have a specialty that you, do you know that you are directed to or are you still exploring that well i'm i'm still exploring but i'm very interested in ophthalmology i i love the eyes um so we'll see <laughs> uh, i've done i've done research in a, a couple of different fields like uh, dermatology and otolaryngology and um i'm also really interested in oncology so i'm i'm going to try and and integrate ophthalmology and oncology somehow um and we will see where i end up we'll see <laughs> oh yes but it's, the world keeps sorry, changing no the, the world keeps changing so we'll see but you know another part of your story you just again i can't say how amazing you you truly are but you were recently um a fair what when was the hockey game that you went to? I think it was earlier this year, right? The the hockey game where I, I found um, the Canucks equipment manager's mole um, that turned out to be uh, melanoma. That was in 2021 um, at the very first Kraken uh, hockey game ever. Uh, and then on New Year's Day um, 2022, he, he announced on Twitter that he was looking for me and I, I felt very grateful that he would put his, you know, his, his health struggle, um, out there, even though it was already, already resolved at that point, he, he had it, uh, removed, but it, it was, it was really inspiring. And that also, again, brought up that acknowledgement of, of the fear, um, of, of health scares and, I th I think that that these past few years have made me just really realize um, the importance of what it is to be a a good doctor, uh, a good family member and friend, and um, hopefully now with with this kidney donation, um, just a a good human, um, someone who cares about people. That's all. That's all I would like to leave on this planet, I guess. <laughs> well, in your young years, you already are making quite an impact that way, I would say. And and my point in, in mentioning, uh, well, you mentioned oncology and thinking about the Canucks equipment manager and how, you know, how <laughs> you must really have this medical eye. How do you notice something like that on someone's neck? But they're they're not sitting beside you. They're not in that close proximity. But you notice this. I mean, what is this special talent that you have? I I'm honestly not sure. <laughs> it's it's such a strange kind of falling together of puzzle pieces that it took for me to first of all be able to notice the mole but to kind of work up the courage to tell him about it I was I was so nervous to bring bring it up um and I I also didn't know how because he's he's on the opposite team I'm in full <laughs> crack in gear and I I look like I could be haggling him or or whatever um 
And so I, I don't know if it was fate or, or whatever, but I, I somehow noticed this mole that was smaller than the size of a pencil eraser on the back of his neck. And I, um, I volunteered at Virginia Mason for a very long time uh, throughout college. And um, I also volunteered at a, um, a Hemonk clinic. And so I got to see, I, I happened to have a lot of exposure to this kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, the very strange how the puzzle pieces of my you know, educational history that I'm very lucky to have. And this really rare moment happened. And I'm uh, glad it turned out well. Obviously it did. I, again, yes, it just something like, like one in a billion, maybe that, that happens. <laughs> just so incredible. And, and to think of just, you know, anyone being at a sports game like that, they're, they're focusing on the players on the ice, not other people. So Obviously, you just have something about you that is, well, I'm going to call it magical, but it's more than that. It's it's not so glib. I mean, just to be so tuned into people and, and wanting to help, I think that really, you know, screams out loud and clear. Yeah, you're, you're very sweet. I I think I was just lucky. <laughs> and I, I, my mom was a lot of the reason of she was sitting next to me um a lot of the reason why I felt encouraged to to speak up and just let him know to to get it checked through the glass with my phone message <laughs> um she she she's the best so I'm very lucky to have her by my side well I did read that article and I guess he was pr pretty stunned too that someone was you know he wanted to ignore you know because fans do that especially when it is the opposite team right <laughs> and I, that to me that was genius hold up you know put the message on your phone and hold it up for him to see right yes it, i i don't blame him at all he um he was just he said he was really confused um told me since then that he didn't even know he had a mole on the back of his neck yeah. in the first place let alone that it was cancerous so if you could imagine you know looking you know your arm or your own skin and not noticing anything there and then all of a sudden someone comes up to you and tells you that something really scary could be there um you could imagine the shock confusion mm -hmm. mistrust all of these feelings um and so i'm he went home and, and ended up telling his wife who uh was saying that this person was so eager to tell you, I think that you should just check it out just in case. Uh, and so um, his wife, Jess, has has a lot to do with that as well. <laughs> and there's such a learning opportunity right here for any of us that, um, well, especially, you know, on, on our back or on the back of our neck, you know, we don't we don't regularly check that. So to have someone in our close circle do that for us, that's really pretty clear, critical to uh, see if there are changes going on. Exactly, exactly. You know, a lot of um, melanomas or, or basal cell, any any skin cancers, they're found by hairstylists, by like nail salon um, workers, um, people who are really checking out the places that you don't really look. Uh, and I think that it's important that all of us have this knowledge because um, melanoma is is 
has a 95% cure rate if you catch it early, um, which is so special. I mean, if you think about how how many deadly things there are that, that can happen to us uh, over time, um, so many of them are unpreventable. And then you just have to wait um, for these really, you know, invasive uh, medical um, interventions. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important that we all spread this knowledge of, of how to spot something concerning and just, you know, let someone know that you, that you care, that you want them to go get something checked out. Um, it's, it's uncomfortable and, you know, you definitely want to do so um, in a way that's appropriate. But I, I think if you come, come through with it with kindness and love, then that's, that's all you can do. Oh, you're speaking my language. <laughs> do things with kindness and love. Yes. Can we just make a big banner? But that's what <laughs> that's what you're doing. I mean, and I it's just so heartwarming. It's just so wonderful, you know, to when you know, it can have this ripple effect. Uh, you're doing this, what it causes to other people around them, you know, for for this um, Canucks coach, well, no, he's a manager, uh, for his family and circle, but for the, the man on the East Coast who received your kidney, this amazing gesture of life. I mean, that's what you your donation meant to him because it's, it is challenging to get a match, isn't it? It's, it's very difficult. Um, 13 people end up dying from the kidney donation or kidney request list uh, every every single day uh, it's a, it's the most needed organ out of the entire human body um, it has the longest um, list which is just so so sad to me um i mean it, it's you can have the best medicine you can know exactly what's going on and exactly how their symptoms are going to progress. Um, you can know all of that. And it, it feels very helpless as someone who's going into healthcare to, to have all this information and not be able to do anything when there's just not enough organs. So I, that, that was initially what got me to, to donate is, is, you know, you go into med school with kind of the the stars in your eyes and, oh, I want to heal people and I'm going to learn so much. Um, but when you, when you keep on learning and you realize that some things um, doctors just, you, you can't fix. Um, I, I think that's really unfortunate and one of the hardest things that I've had to come to terms with. Um, so this is just my way of you know, just getting one name off the list, doing what I can, mm -hmm. hopefully inspiring people to donate to their family members, loved ones, or uh, if they're if they're bold enough, <laughs> even a stranger, um, it it means a lot to to everyone. You know, you're 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 getting one name off the list. Everyone moves up. You know. And obviously, because you've done it as a young woman, as a medical student, uh, soon to be professional, well, just a little down the road, then we know we can live with one kidney. It's absolutely safe and fine. We, they wouldn't do the procedure if that weren't the case. 
Yes, I I don't think I've ever felt more secure in my own health after going through this whole process because they check absolutely everything to make sure that you are a, a good candidate. They're not just going to um, let things slide so that you know there's there's a name off the list. They really want to make sure that you are are safe after this donation. Um, even if you, for example, I had two kidneys. Some people ask why I donated the left one. Um, it's it's because the arteries and veins are longer. But uh, let's say, for example, my right kidney was healthier. Um, they would take they would end up taking the left one. Uh, they would end up taking the least healthy kidney to leave me with the healthier one. Mm. Um, they want to make sure that you as a donor are are protected. Um, and yeah, after the donation, you do you do have some um, kind of rules you have to follow. You don't have to follow them, but uh, you meet with a nutritionist. They talk to you about how how your diet's going to look in the future, how much water you should drink, um, things to stay away from, things like smoking, um, stuff like that. And um, I, I think that once you find a good team, um, you will feel very prepared by the time that you go in. Um, and like they, like they assured me while I was about to be rolled into the OR, if you want to change your mind, you can, wow. no one, no one is, um, forcing you to do this. We, we don't want to, um, you know, make you feel like there's pressure at all. Um, it was, I, I had a very, um, excellent team. And I think that a lot of the, the transplant, uh, teams are, are, they're so knowledgeable and wise and they they've seen how this can change lives. And I think that they, they definitely know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're, you're just so, so amazing and an inspiration without question. I feel so much of what you said is, is just the whole story of what should appeal to or touch our hearts um, to, to continue to, uh, or to reach out and do that ourselves. So, um, but it, is there anything else that you would want to say um, to listeners in terms of how they might regard what they're doing and, and how they might think about organ donation? Sure. Well, it's, like I said, it's it's difficult for me to um, promote that people go and donate an organ. It's it's a huge commitment. Um but it's it's important, I feel, to help in your own way, um, the people around you, you know, and that that could be something like donating blood, um, volunteering, you know, even educating yourself on on skin cancer. It's just so you are uh, equipped with that knowledge to point something out on your mom or your dad or or uh, a stranger at a barbecue, <laughs> something like that. Um, just make sure you look out for each other and in whatever capacity that is. Um, I, I think that people have, people are good and they, they have good intentions. Um, I hope that my story can, can uplift people and kind of give that push to, to do what you can, even if it's not um, in, in your, um, in your capacity to do something big like that. It's completely, it's, you know, it's not necessary. Everyone has their own impact. Mm. But you certainly are making an impact. I really appreciate that you want to be 
this generous in sharing your story because some part of it is certain to touch some part of our own selves and what we might be then encouraged to do because of it. So uh, I am just in awe of you. We need more people like you in the world. So I hope just this story is going to uh, lead us in that direction, Nadia. Thank you so much. That that means a lot to me. Everyone's kind words, uh, they're going to stick with me for a very long time. Well, we'll look forward. I, I want to know what you will be doing with your future. You've already done so much with your life. And, uh, you know, what? how is it going to unfold and what kind of a, a doctor are you going to be? And whatever it is, it will be extraordinary. Thank you. Thank you. That's going to get me through studying today. Okay. All right. Whatever it takes. <laughs> Just know that you are uh, so, so wonderful. I'm inspired by you. And I'm so grateful, again, that you're sharing your story and that you have done so in telling us uh, so much of it today. Thank you, Nadia. Thank you so much, Kate. That brings us to the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Nadia Popovich and Sunday Morning Magazine with Dr. Elizabeth Clotus. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or to share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Just click on the podcast tab, then either of the show names, and then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of doing what we can for our good health and to share it with others. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 1069. Good morning. <laughs>